Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Praise. Jesus, we love you. We worship you, Jesus. You're worthy, God. We love you, Lord. Amen. Lord, we ask that Lord, as we go into the Word, Lord, today, we pray that your presence would continue to be here, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would challenge us, Lord, to be more like you. And Lord, as we leave this place today, that we would know that we have met you, that we have been with you, and God, that we would be better for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Why don't you high five about three people next to you and let them know, come on, he's good. He's good. Let them know he's good. He's good. He is good. How's everybody doing this morning? It's good to see you. If I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I'd love to meet you after service, the Next Steps area. I am Pastor Welby, the lead pastor. My wife and I get get the honor and privilege to do this week in and week out. And I am just thrilled uh, that we get to do this, that God's called us to do this. And sorry, I got problems. Anybody got problems? I got problems. There we go. Got it now. (laughs) Hey, praise him when it's good. Praise him when it's bad. I was I was thinking I thought had this thought this morning as as we've we've sung this song that that you know that God didn't God didn't want to just make bad things good in your life He come to bring those things that are dead and make them alive again and I think that's that's really the hope of the gospel the hope of the gospel is that that the, not just to be good like being good is great like like yeah. We, I would rather be good if I have a choice, but, but it's not just about being good. It's really, when we say yes to Jesus, it's about, say, about seeing the dead things in us come alive again through the power of Jesus. And so uh, I just want you to know it's going to be a good day. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them it's going to be a good day. Come on, it's going to be a good day. Awesome. Hey, uh, I want you to know just a couple of things. Uh, if you are new here, uh, this has been our summer home uh, that we've been able to, to, to worship this summer. But after today, uh, we will be back where we had been previously at Spillane uh, Middle School, which is just a couple of miles from here, just on Spring Cypress, closer to 290. So starting next Sunday, we will be back at Spillane. Uh, we'll be there at 10.30, the same service time will we'll still stay the same, but we'll be there at 10.30 next Sunday. Man, I hope that uh, you'll join us if you are new here today. Man, with the, the same goodness, the same things that you feel, the same spirit is, is going to still be at Spillane that you feel here today. And so, uh, so I want you to be a part with us uh, just a couple miles away with that. But hey, last week we did something we called doing good for Goodson. We did some good for Goodson, and we felt like they'd been such a great host for us that we we did a uh, dry eraser or dry erase marker and eraser drive where we just man a lot you, you brought you brought the dry erasers you brought the dry erase markers and man we were able to deliver that this week and uh, man the teachers just were so thankful we probably I don't even know we gave them hundreds of markers for sure maybe close to a thousand I don't know we we like 
just totally gave them, blessed them, all that. With, it's, it happens to be the number one thing that they request a lot throughout the school years that they run out of dry erase markers. And so we wanted just to be able to, to tell this school, thank you for having us. And, uh, and so I just want you to know that we did that. They were super thankful uh, for you. And then, uh, man, I, I, I want to do something real quick before we, uh, before we move into the message. But we just uh, concluded 21 days of prayer. And I hope that you uh, had, had just leaned into the Lord maybe a little bit more than you normally do. And just, just allowing the Lord to speak to you. But tomorrow is a big day. Why is tomorrow a big day? Come on, your kids go back to school. You might get a little bit of your sanity back if you're stay-at-home parents and or stay-at-home mom or dad. And uh, man, we <laughs> we are uh, we're thankful that school is in session tomorrow. Let's go! And so, uh, if you have multiple kids, you really get it. Uh, they'll start to love each other again after uh, uh, starting tomorrow, and it's going to be great. But hey, we want to pray for for parents and we want to pray for uh, the students and 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 the teachers. The staff. We just want to pray real quick as we, uh, as we have that coming up tomorrow. So would you, would, would you just pray with me? Lord, we love you. We thank you that, that, to, that tomorrow starts a new school year, uh, that everybody will be in school. God, I pray, Lord, for our teachers and our, the staff, and pray that you would just give them wisdom, Lord, for each kid. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just would speak through them, God, and that they would be a positive influence, Lord, on students' lives this year. God, I pray that you would touch our students and be with them and speak to them. God, Lord, I pray that they would choose to do good. God, I pray, Lord, that they would, they would be a light, Lord, into, Lord, a dark world sometimes as it can be. Lord, I pray you give them strength to stand up for what is right, Lord, that they would be leaders and not followers, God. I pray that you would touch our, our children, our kids, our teenagers. Lord, bless them. Lord, I pray you bless these families. Let me pray this be a great school year in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, hey, uh, I want to dive in today and, and talk to you about a message I am calling your faith five. Everybody say your faith five. Gonna talk about your faith five now. Now I, I want to kind of do a poll real quick, um, not to not to embarrass anybody, um, but but I, I want you to 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 list. Uh, all right, so like you're, you're here pretty much every week. Uh, I want you to list the last five messages I've spoken that you remember. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, um, I got my notes right here. So. Uh, cheating. All right. Uh, let, let's. Uh, what, what do you know? What I talked about last week. Worship. <laughs> That's good. Uh, hey, the, the, it's always like the best answer is always Jesus. Like when, when sometimes when people are like, "What are you preaching on?" and I'm not quite for sure yet. I'm like Jesus. Me and Jesus. And so, do, do you remember the last message you heard? La last week. Last week? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, it was still born. Where should I? I got it right here. Oh, she's got notes. Let's go. She's a note taker. Come on. And so, uh, but it would be pretty tough to, to name the last five messages you heard without notes. Like, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't recall it. You're like, oh, let me pull up the podcast real quick. I need to, I need to look real quick. Uh, I want you to know that my feelings are completely hurt. And uh, I'm going to cry now. Um, no, but, but now I want you to do this. I want you to name five people that have made a dramatic impact on your life, good or bad, just in your head. Just, I want you to name five people 
and it starts to go a lot quicker, doesn't it? Like, you don't have to think very hard the dramatic impact somebody's had in your life, good or bad. It's easy that you can think of your fave five, each one shaping you and influencing your life in some profound way. And, uh, you know, we may not always remember what we hear, proof that I just asked. And you may not always remember what you hear, but you will remember how people made you feel. You may not always remember the things you hear, but you will know how people made you feel. And the truth is, is that the, the real test occurs not on a Sunday morning, but day in and day out as you go about your life. Like when you wake up tomorrow and, and the band's not behind you singing. And, and, and I, I get the privilege of hearing my wife sing every day, but, but you do not. And so, um, you know, we can't take the band with us. And although that would be nice. Um, so the real test occurs when you wake up tomorrow morning. And if you... It would sometimes be easier, I think, to isolate ourselves. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be easier to withdraw ourselves and, and only have surface relationships, if we're being honest, right? Like, well, I'm just going to re- withdraw, I'm going to isolate, and we're going to have, I'm just going to be surface with my relationships. Why? Because we've all been hurt. Like, if you're living and you're breathing today, you've probably been hurt by somebody. And, but, but here's the deal. You will rarely have success living out your faith and exercising your spiritual freedom if it's just you and God. You, you, you will not get and be who God's called you to be if it's just you and God. And now you're like, dude, I thought I was in church. Like, you need God first. Like, God's number one, right? Like, we get that. Jesus, Jesus is our, in our faith five. We get that. But it's no surprise that change happens in us within the context of our relationships. And so, today, I really want to talk to you about community. I want to talk to you about groups today. And why is community so important in the process of living out our freedom? Because this, I think Enrique stole some of my notes, so uh, I think we, we basically talked beforehand, I guess. And so, uh, but we find salvation through Jesus. When, when we ask Jesus to come into our life or come into our heart, salvation comes instantly. It's, it's, it's boom. It's, it's not progressive. It's, it's not, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit saved. I, I'm, I'm halfway saved. I'm three quarters saved. And then, and then you are 100% saved at some point in your life. No, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. We find salvation is in an instant, but God provided a system that relies on our identity as relational beings. James 5, 16, we, Enrique read it earlier, but therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that's the part we don't really like. I grew up in church. I grew up in church, and, and what we were told was just bring it down to the altar. Like this, this front area, like growing up, we would, we would call the altar. And, and you would come, and you just, just lay it down on the altar, brother, and it's going to be okay, right? And, and, but, but that's great. Like I, I laid it down, but I picked it back up when I left, right? I, I'm going to give you, Jesus, my whatever, my hurt, my pain, my shame, but I don't trust you enough to take it, so I'm going to go ahead and pick it back up because it's, it's easier for me to pick it back up than really tell somebody about it. 
And, and I believe that we've been taught wrong on this topic or this issue. Salvation, Jesus coming to my life, boom, is instant. But the healing and the freedom that you and I need in our lives and need to experience comes through the context of relationships, that we would confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed. That's really good. That's what I was looking for, thanks. <laughs> Surrounding ourselves with the right people is, is one of the most important steps in our spiritual journeys. Because when we develop relationships, we get involved in each other's trials and triumphs. You know that God doesn't want you to go through it alone. God doesn't want you to go through the trial and the triumph alone. He, he wants you to bring and have people around you. Why? Because we were born to do life together. We were, we were made to have relationship with other people. Helping each other grow and develop. It's like developing like, like just spiritual muscle. Have you ever worked out before? I've worked out about three times in my life. And, um, <clears throat> and so, but this is, this is what I know when you work out, that, that you can go to the gym day in and day out or week in and week out, and, and you get used to lifting a certain type of weight, right? You're, you're on the bench and, and, and you're lifting, you're bench pressing the weight, right? It's really good. You, you get in a rhythm. You don't really need any help. You're, you're, you're just exercising. It's heavy, but it's not too heavy. But, but there's moments where you're like, man, I want to max out. Man, I want to see what I can really do. What, 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 is, what is the heaviest I can do? And, and when you do that, you typically have somebody that comes alongside of you or behind you that's called a what? A spotter, right? And so you have a spotter that's right there. And so as, as you are lifting your max, right, there's somebody on the bar that has their hands ready to lift the bar up when you can't lift it anymore. And so you're like, man, I'm going to try. I'm going to try this weight. And you're lifting this weight. And it's a heavier weight than you've ever lifted before. It's a heavier weight than you're used to carrying. And so you have a spotter there to help you lift up that bar. Maybe it's that last rep. Maybe you were like, I'm going to get five. And so you're trying to get five. And that fourth one, you're kind of like, oh. And so that spotter kind of just barely lifts it up a little bit and helps you and assists you. And you're like, I'm going to go one more. I'm going to get that five. And you may not get that five all by yourself, but there's a spotter there to help you get to what your goals are and to help you get to what you were trying to accomplish. And we need friends in our lives that will help raise the bar, not lower the bar in our lives. We need some people in our lives that says, hey, I got you when the load is heavy. Hey, I got you when things aren't good. Hey, you can't, you can't lift that by yourself. That's cool. I'm going to come beside you. I'll be behind you. I'm going to help you lift what you can't lift by yourself. And you and I need some people in our lives that will help raise that bar and not push it down. I think it would be pretty mean if somebody was like, ha, <laughs> You know what that does? It, it'll break your rib. It'll, it might kill you. I don't know. But it's definitely going to do some damage. And we need people that are going to lift us up, not bring us down. It says in Proverbs, a mirror reflects a man's face. But what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. If you don't get anything else out of today, if you want to go to sleep, if you want to leave, you get an emergency, get this big idea right here. You are where you are because of your relationships. The big idea for today is you're where you are because of 
your relationships. And as you think about relationships in your life, I encourage you to make these four crucial choices. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, you should be taking notes because you'll need to draw back on this at a later date so you can remember what we talked about tomorrow. (laughs) Number one, focus on nurturing the relationships that are most important to you. Focus on nurturing the relationships that are most important to you. Like if you're married, I think that'd be a pretty important relationship to nurture, right? A lot of times, uh, you know, people, when you're married, there are, you're going through life, and maybe there's some struggles at times, and uh, it may be the seven-year itch, it, it may be whatever, you're just like, dude, things aren't working out. And, and when, when sometimes when we talk to people that are married, uh, that are going through a struggle, they'll say things like this, man, the fire has just gone out. Man, the passion is, is just not there. And I, I would tell you, don't blame the fireplace just, be, just because you're cold. Man, that's really good. That's so good. Like, I, 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 if you're taking notes, write that down. Don't blame the fireplace just because you're cold. Because in order for the fireplace to work, you got to put some wood on it, right? Like, like you got some wood burning and it's good and the fire's hot. Man, we're, it's year one. Like, man, we're good. Like, we just got from the, from the honeymoon. Life is great. There shouldn't be too much uh, drama in your life at that moment. You know, you're like, you don't know about anybody else but you and your spouse. And so life is good. And, and you got the wood on the fire. But, but how many know that the wood starts to burn some and, and the wood starts to, to, to go away? And the only way to keep that fire burning is to what? to add more wood to the fire. Not just once, not just twice. As much fire as you want or need, you need to continually put the wood on the fire. You see, good marriages and strong relationships of any kind, they require maintenance and they require nurturing. And if your relationships aren't where you want them to be, try nurturing them. I read over that line this morning and just thought of people in my life that I was like, wow, I need to do a better job of nurturing some of my relationships because you can't grow in your faith by walking alone. You need the love and the support and you need the accountability that comes from relationships, comes from community. All right, so number one, nurture. Nurture those relationships. Number two, choose to restore the broken relationships in your life. Choose to restore the broken relationships in your life. I think all of us have relationships that have gone bad. I think we all would say that. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's their fault. But usually a broken relationship is the result of sinful people being in relationship with one another and hurting one another. For example, I, there was this one time where, where I felt like me and my wife were done wrong. I felt like we had been treated badly. I felt like we had been, been um, I felt like things could have been different. And, and I ended up having resentment towards this person. In fact, I hated this person. Um, because here's the deal, I, I, I'm just like you. I'm a person, this just happens to be what I do. Up here and on a stage with holding a microphone. 
But I was, I was in, it was a point I was in ministry and, and I was like, I realized, dude, I hate this person. Straight up, I've never hated anybody in my life. I may not have liked somebody, but I'm talking about just cold-blooded hated, hated this person. And I, I realized we'd, we'd been removed from the situation, but, but I still was carrying this hate and, and, and had this bitterness and had this, this angst against this person that I, 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 I didn't wish him ill will, but I just, I hated this person. And, and it took me about nine months to get through a process of where I could say, I, I'm okay. I'm good. Having conversations with this person, having where we, I wasn't holding a grudge or where I wasn't um, bitter every time I thought about this person. Have you ever been like some people in your life or you've had some people in your life that have been like that? You're like, you're like dude, I just, and, and I know, like I'm a pastor, like I know hate's not good, but it was an emotion. It was something that I was having to deal with and something I was having to walk through. And what I had to do was I had to choose to restore the broken relationship. When you hold a grudge and you won't forgive someone, you poison yourself. Not the other person, you poison yourself. I, I think if I gave you a bottle of poison today and said, here, drink this, it's really good for you. I don't think anybody in their right mind would take a bottle of poison and drink it. Like, this is gonna be great. It's gonna, it's gonna like mess your insides up. It's gonna make you really sick. Uh, it, it's, it's probably gonna kill you, um, but it may not kill you right away. It's all right. You just might have some side effects for a long time. Like it's gonna be great, but you'll never be the same again. You should drink this. I think anybody in your right mind would say, nah, I'm good, right? And it's the same way when we hold grudges and the same way when we don't forgive other people. The best gift you can give yourself is to forgive anyone who has wounded you in some way. Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Sometimes I think the Bible would be really easy and living Christian, uh, Christian life would be a lot easier if that wasn't in the Bible. I could just go with my life and not forgive other people. But he tells us, remember, he forgave you, so you must forgive others. It's one of the healthiest habits you could have is forgiving people. Because what it does when you do it, it liberates ourselves from bitterness, from resentment, from vengeance. Like, have you ever wanted to get even with somebody? Like, let's go. I'm going to get even. I'm not getting mad. I'm getting even, right? And um, when we forgive, we don't have to worry about those things, and we find freedom through that. So choose to restore broken relationships. Number three, I talk about is this. Know when to walk away. You said, but you just said restore broken relationships, and now you're saying know when to walk away. Here's the deal. Just because you forgive them doesn't mean you must continue to interact with them. Because sometimes there are relationships that are not healthy to continue in your life. They're harmful. They can be toxic. And you need to be able to create a firm boundary away from them. There are some people 
in your life that may not be good for you anymore, and because they're not good for you, you have to figure out a way to create boundaries from them. So what do we do? We evaluate our friendships. We evaluate those around us, closest to us. Because evaluating your friendships, it's critical to your spiritual growth and your well-being. My wife and I were youth pastors for 15 years and we would all, always tell students this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But it still goes for us today as adults. Maybe you're an adult in here and if you're a teenager, it's, it's a true statement. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But it goes the same for us. In our lives, you get in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, like, like wherever you find yourself, who, who are those, who's your faith five that you surround yourself with? And I can begin to show you your future. In fact, if you don't like the trajectory of your life, just look around you. If you don't like, if you don't like where your life is going, if you don't like the things that are happening, then just look at those around you and see what needs to change or who needs to change. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. First Corinthians says, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So how can you know which relationships you should leave behind? How do you even know what relationships you should walk away from? It's simple. If a relationship hinders your relationship with God, then you need to either redefine it or sever it. I know it's easier said than done, but if a relationship hinders your relationship with God, then you need to either redefine it or sever it. Walk away. And fourth, risk being real. Risk being real. Why? Because you are who you are because of your relationships. And take the risk to initiate some meaningful relationships in your life. Like one of my, one of my things, um, a problem I have is, is I have a problem being too real sometimes. Like I'm, I'm pretty open book. I'm open. I'm honest. Like what you see is what you get. In fact, if we hang out or we go to lunch or, or, or whatever, like, like who you see up here is the same person you get when you're at Lupe Tortillas. Come on. And, um, but you've got to take some risk in having some meaningful relationships in your life. And the best place to do that is in a group. The best place to do that is in a group. It's, it's great being here this week. In fact, um, a, a week or two ago, we talked about Sundays are great, but, but, but there's more than just Sundays. Like, we're glad you're here, and, and we want you to be here on a Sundays, and we want you to celebrate and experience what, what God is doing in our lives on a Sunday level and see God meeting people and, and seeing God change people's lives, but... But the real change is going to happen in a group. That's why we want you to sign up next week, starting next week, next Sunday. We want, you to, we want you to start signing up for a group, to find some people to start doing life with. 
Last semester, this last though the spring semester that we had groups, we had over 90% of our church was in a group. And I think that's something to celebrate. That's something to be to, to let you know that that hey, I, I'm telling you, the way to get connected. I hear sometimes people say, oh, I'm just not connected. Oh, I just I just can't get connected. I, I, don't, I don't even know where to start. Listen, start by being in a group, over 90%, almost everybody in here will be in a group as we walk into this fall semester. It's, it's how we do life. We, it, Sundays are great, I told you, but, but, but we do life. We do relationship with each other through groups. Man, our, our mom's group has been so strong this year, and, and ladies just showing up. Man, we've been taking over Chick-fil-A and splash pads and uh, all kinds of things, and man, they walk into Chick-fil-A, and there's like 12 to 15 ladies and like 3,000 kids. It's great, and so uh, when we're just, when I'm telling you, get into a group. It'll change your life, but I want you to know the enemy doesn't want you to be in a group. There's reasons you've already said in your mind, oh, I'd love to be in a group next this semester, but you've already begun to make reasons and excuses why you can't be. Because he doesn't want you to form strong relationships with people. He doesn't want you to have a meaningful relationship with a friend that draws you close to God and deepens your faith. And so we're like, I'm too busy. Uh, I, 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 got, I got to take my kids here or I got to do this. Listen, find a way to be in a group. Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. How many could use some encouragement? Encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Encourage one another. Where do we find that? It, Sunday may make you feel good. It may make you walk out with a little pep in your step. Man, I gotta find me a spot or I gotta find somebody to help me. But, but we're gonna encourage one another most effectively when we are in a group. And if you're willing to be real with others, you might be surprised what you'll discover. Friends who will walk Friends who will walk in when everybody else walks out. I'm telling you, you're going to find that on, in a group, not on a Sunday. Because you know what we're doing on a Sunday? Our dream team shows up at 7.30, and we're setting all this up. We're connecting, but we're connecting as we're putting stuff up. And so there's no real meaningful relationships that happen on a Sunday morning, even with our dream team sometimes. So we may have a break, we may have some space, but, but you know what we do when service is over? We have to tear all this down, and we have to be out of the school, and we have to be out of the school by one o'clock because they charge us more money if we're not. And so, so we're like, okay, we got deadlines, right? We got, we got, we got things to do, and, and, and so we don't always have the space to have the meaningful relationships that are needed. And so when you're in a group, you'll find people who will walk in when everybody else walks out. Friends who don't rub it in, but friends who help work it out. Friends who need you as much as you need them. That's what you're going to find when you find relationships with other people. And you say, well, I, I, I need some help. I need to figure this out. I, I want to help you. Three areas. We're going to make this practical today, okay? Three areas you can practice cultivating relationships. The first one is church. 
The first one is here. This is this is going to be more surface level. This is going to be it's going to be here on a Sunday on a Sunday level. But can I tell you, you need a church home that can support you in your faith. If you don't have a church home, you're new here, you're looking for a church, man, I want to let you know that, that we're so glad you're here. We're glad that you're, you're here checking us out today. I, I want you to know that, that we want to be a part of your life and help you and support you in your faith and in your journey as you follow Jesus. And you need a church that will believe, believe in. You need a church that can rally alongside of you. And, and you're going to find that uh, starting out on a Sunday level. And, and, and a, a church that gives you opportunities to serve. I talked about our dream team and how awesome our dream team. Listen, this does not happen without our dream team. Like the, the setup, the pipe and drape, the technical stuff. Uh, there's people that are teaching your kids right now about the love and the grace of Jesus and letting them know that they've got a plan. God's got a plan and a purpose for their life. I think that's, that, that's a good thing, that, that your kid's going to walk out knowing Jesus loves me. That I don't have to worry about just trying to be good, but Jesus has got me along the way. And so we're here to support that, to support the family units, to give you opportunities to serve others. Did you know that it's scientifically proven that the happiest people are those that are serving others? The happiest people on the planet are those that are serving others. So why not jump in, join in on what God is doing? Committing to church creates opportunities to cultivate deeper, stronger friendships with others who want to grow closer to God. But I also don't want to single out those that maybe you're here and, and you don't follow Jesus. You're here and you say, I... I'm just trying to figure this thing out, and I want you to know that we've created space for you. I want you to know today that, that you can take your time. You, you can find some people to talk to. You can, you, you, can, you can take your time in your journey following Jesus. In fact, your, your questions, doubts, or concerns about Jesus or this Christianity, this, this walk that we, we call Christianity, you may have those doubts, and I want you to know that in this house, wherever it is, whether it's Siskel or Spillane or wherever we find ourselves since we're mobile, I want you to know that you have a place here at Hope Rising. I want you to know that you can, you can figure it out. It, it may take you three months. It may take you a year. It may take you longer. I don't know. But I want you to know as you're figuring it out, I want you to know that you are welcome here. Second place that you can cultivate relationships is team. If you want to cultivate more meaningful relationships, join a team of any sort. It doesn't have to be here at the church. It could be, it could be somewhere else. But join a team. In our context, man, I tell you to join the dream team. Man, get in. Like, get into the culture of this church and, and get into the flow of who we are and, and, and learn about who we are, what we do, why we do it, how we operate, and, and that, that we're all about, man, serving people and seeing people's lives changed. And that's why we have Growth Track. Every Sunday we offer Growth Track. In fact, if you've been coming for, for any amount of time and, and you love what, what, what you've been feeling and, and you love the flow and the vibe and the culture that you're experiencing, I mean, I, I would tell you that our, 
our, our goal or our hope for you is not that you just would come in on a Sunday and just sit and you could sit as long as you'd like, but, but we would prefer that, that at some point that you jump in and say, hey, I'm gonna get into growth track and I'm gonna figure out what it is about this church and, and, and dig in more deeper and, and start beginning to serve people that walk in week in and week out because when you're serving, this is what you're doing. You're high-fiving somebody that says that, that's walking in and it may look like it's all good on the outside, but on the inside, there's some turmoil. On the inside, it may be a smile they see as they're getting some coffee because we all smile when we're getting some coffee. Thank you, Jesus. And, 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 and letting them know, hey, hey, it's gonna be all right. Let's go. People providing a way for your kids to learn about Jesus. A band that, that is leading you into the presence of the Lord. A tech team that makes it happen week in and week out. Join the team. You can get into growth track today, right after service. When you join a team, you work together and produce greater results than any one person could ever achieve alone. Life is better together. In fact, Ecclesiastes says two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. How many want to succeed? I, I want to succeed. I, 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 don't, I just don't want to barely make it. I want to make it, baby. Like, like I, I, want to, I, want to, I want to see uh, I want to see myself succeed. I want to see this church succeed. I want to see you succeed. And, and how we do that is we rally alongside one another. We're going to come together because we can help each other make it happen. And, and, and lastly here is, is God. How do you cultivate relationships? You want more meaningful relationships? Cultivate your relationship with God. In fact, don't become so focused on connecting with other people that you neglect your primary relationship. Your primary relationship has to be with God first. He's not just your Savior and your Lord but he's also your friend, the Bible tells us. That he'll stick closer than a brother. He'll stick closer than anybody else. We can't love people without loving God. Both are necessary. Remember, we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to God's people for healing. You know, when I... When I go to conferences, I pray this one prayer. I've learned, I've learned and been taught to, to pray this, this one prayer. God, I know I'm going to meet a lot of people, but let one of the relationships, one of the people I come across, let it, let it be a divine appointment. Let it, let it be something that goes beyond just this conference. and Let it be, let it be something that that is long lasting, something that is impactful, not just for this day but, or this week, but let it be impactful in my life going on. And I think we need to pray prayers like that because I get it. Finding new friends isn't always easy. Like we live busy lives. We're doing our thing. And if we're being really honest, Adding people to our lives isn't always the number one priority. But let us start praying. God, bring some people into our life. God, bring, Lord, I, I need a faith five. 
And you're like, I don't, I don't even have one. Let's just pray for one. Let's start with one. God, God, give me a, give me a divine appointment. Maybe some of you are here today and, and you just, God, we're just looking for a church that'll be good for our family. Let, let it be today that you're not here by accident, but, but that you're here on purpose and that God has directed you here today. Whether you have one or three or four or five, make a list of your faith five. Make a list of your faith five, and I want, I want to challenge you to pray for them this week. Pray for them. Give thanks for them. And maybe even send them a text to know what they mean to you. As I was preparing for this, I was, just, I was thinking of people, man, I need, to, I need to nurture these relationships a little bit more. I need to, I need to let some people know what they mean what they mean to me. Because when you nurture the relationship, they're the ones that are going to be behind you, spotting you on the bar. When, when the weight of life is too heavy for you to carry, they're going to be the ones that come behind you, beside you, and say, I got you. I will help carry the weight with you until you're able to do it on your own. And that's what groups will do for you. As much as I love Sunday mornings, I want you to know that Sunday mornings are for us to come together, to celebrate, and to know about the love of God, and for people to give their lives to Jesus. But we find freedom through the context of relationships as we do groups and as we do life together. You are where you are because of your relationships. So Lord, I pray for, I pray for us today. Lord, I pray that there would be some people in our lives, some people that we could call on in a moment that can help us lift the weight of this world, the weight of circumstances, and the, the, the weight of uncertainty. And Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, if we don't have five, God, I pray that if you would just give us one, give us one that'll help us lift the bar when we can't lift it ourselves. pray that we would mend relationships that need to be mended. I pray for any toxic relationships that maybe are in our lives. God, help us figure out a way to set boundaries and to figure out our next steps on what we need to do and what that looks like. God, I pray that we would take a risk and we would be real, starting with ourselves, but also with others that we would find somebody that we could be open and honest with, that we can share hurts and we can share pains and we could talk about our triumphs and we could talk about our trials. 
Lord, let it start in us. Let it start here today. Maybe you're here today with heads bowed and eyes closed. You, you find yourself far from God and you'd like to give your life to Jesus today. Maybe, you, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Jesus, to come into my life, be my Lord. I, I want you to know that it starts today. Or maybe you're far from God and maybe at one time you and Jesus were, were closer, but he hasn't really been a focal point in your life and You've kind of been going your own way. I, I, want to, I want to challenge you today. You say, that's me, Pastor Welby. I want to come back to Jesus today. No one's talking or looking around, but just between me, you, and Jesus, I want to pray with you and for you today. You say, that's me. Just would you lift your hand up in this place right now? Would you lift it up? You say, that's me. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Yeah, you say, that's me. Lift your hand up right now in this place. Yeah. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.